Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the DFS Dreamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafinit over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the star of the show, Pierre, at Peewee31 on Twitter. How you doing today, Mr. Pierre? Doing well, doing well. It's it's scary that it's week six already. Like We're like oh. a third of the way through the season, which is kind of insane, but... You know, had a pretty solid week. Uh, didn't get the the boom combination that I wanted, but I, I did pretty well, so I can't complain. That's good. That's good. Uh, it, yeah, I had too much free time on my hand last. I was I was I did too much thinking. I've decided to push all the noise out of my brain again. It takes me about six weeks to push noise out of my brain before I can like go. Okay, I can't. I, Wes, you gotta you gotta listen to yourself. You are the genius who said Taysom Hill. Nobody else wanted to say Taysom Hill. You said Taysom Hill, and 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 you gotta listen to yourself, Wes. Trust your instincts, big boy. This is true. Taysom Hill was insane. Which kind of frustrated me a bit because I had a bunch of Kamara. Thankfully, Kamara still got there, but it was almost like he was invisible. Like every time he yeah. came into the game, you know he's going to run the ball, and they couldn't stop him. What he had, I think, three touchdowns on the ground, 100 yards, another one through the air. It was it was insane the the day that Taysom Hill had. Yeah, and 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 and, and <laughs> I got that knack for you know finding the zappies, speaking zappies, speaking Flacco's, speaking Taysom Hills into existence, and then I start Teddy Bridgewater. How did I get see past oh. the first drive of the game, man? I, I, oh man, burned me. That's tough. That's tough. But the quarterbacks, I thought I even put out a post. Uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, uh, Brady, yeah. Geno, all all got there just fine. The one that missed was Trevor Lawrence, but that seemed to be what everyone was kind of going that route. So that played out. Had the Gabe Davis, you know, hit. You know, I yep. talked about it probably being his week, and he had his explosion. So a lot of good things uh, that took place. Just, uh, again, I had a few uh, just mistakes uh, with my <laughs> build that, that kind of stopped it from being a big, big week. Well, we can't be perfect, and uh, we wish that fantasy football and D- DFS uh, contests would cooperate with our perfection <laughs> desires, but it just does not. Hey, Pierre, but somebody did get perfect last week in the DFS Dreamer DraftKings contest that we put on each and every week that's always attached to this pinned tweet over there on FI Today, which is the mm-hmm. show Twitter handle, or at the Lofanet account. I don't think you ever pinned the tweet at all, Pierre. I, 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 we gotta, we got to have a show discussion about that, but <laughs> we always do have that contest entry, and and somebody was perfect with their lineup to win that number one prize. Yeah, I got to get better at, at pinning stuff. It's not my forte, I guess you could say. But yeah, first place went to Wakeboarder at 10-23. It has a logo for Establish the Run, ETR. Yeah. So I don't know if he's a part of Establish the Run uh, over there with uh, Adam Levitan, Evan Silva, and those guys. But came out with a 184.36. I had Josh Allen at quarterback. Really unique build because he didn't he didn't pair him up with anybody. He didn't play uh, a running back or a pass catcher with Allen. Uh, went with Kamara, went with Leonard Fournette, um, who you and I even talked about a bit as kind of being a differentiator if everybody was going to be on Brady. Uh, went with Fournette. Uh, Marquez Callaway uh, played him. Uh, Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, Tyler Higby, Christian Kirk, and then the Cowboys defense, uh, who was pretty chalky. So... Pretty good build, I and mean, he had two guys in that lineup that got you know two two points only. So that shows you how much uh, those other players scored uh, from an individual standpoint to to still put up a, a 184 with two twos 
in your lineup there. Tutus. He, he's, so he's dressing in tutus. He's picking uh, 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 weird players, and he's still good job though. I saw that ETR thing. I saw on there as well. And the Evan Silva man, he was one of the first. I don't know bigger names, I guess you know. And and I know he may not even be associated with any of that. I just when you said Evan Silva, I remember him jumping out at me whenever I was listening to radio and podcasts and different things like that. It's just one of those guys that really knows a lot of football. I don't think we've ever talked about Evan Silva. Oh yeah, he's a smart guy. He used to be a part of Rotor World, but he's over there with established to run there. So yeah. Pretty familiar with those guys. And yeah, he has a logo. So I mean, good for Wake Border there. Glad he's in the Dreamers contest and congrats to him on that one eighty four point three five. Well, that's my week this week. I don't care what anybody says. It's my <laughs> week this week. And I'm gonna start it off with this New England and Cleveland game. It's a forty two and a half point total, Pierre. And as we take an early, early look at this, this is a Tuesday uh-huh. afternoon here, so we're just getting into this a little bit. New England and Cleveland. Uh whenever my first initial instincts are about this game, I think about that run game about uh, for Cleveland and how great it was. Nick Chubb, you know, all the last two weeks has just been dynamic, mm-hmm. outstanding. This week against New England, I'm not going to be able to trust him as much. I'm not going to be able to trust Jacoby Brissett as much either. But, man, that team just kind of offensively, they're doing pretty well uh, for fantasy purposes. Yeah, they're they're a solid team. Um, they have one of the better offensive lines in football, uh, which I don't think is really talked about much. But for Nick Chubb, man, folks don't want to play him. Uh, we talked about last week. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's going to be you know, higher up there in price. He was 8K last week. He's up to 8,200. But for some reason, people refuse to play Nick Chubb. I don't know if it's because of the Kareem Hunt factor or that he doesn't catch you know, balls himself. But you know, he's, he's solid. He's a really good running back. Uh, again, like you mentioned, probably tougher to play him against the New England defense. They tend to try. To, to take away your, your best player, which I feel is Nick Chubb on the Browns. So I could see them trying to, to load the box, force Jacoby Brissett to, to throw the ball. They should have some familiar, familiarity with Jacoby Brissett, seeing that they drafted him out of NC State. So kind of a revenge scenario there for Jacoby. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to touch anyone on the Browns. There's a couple players on the New England side yeah. uh, that I think are going to pop. Uh, one being Ramondre Stevenson sure. uh, had the big game, obviously, last week. I said one of those guys have a good game. Damian Harris got hurt, so he's doubtful. He's probably going to miss uh, a couple weeks, so it should be the Ramondre Stevenson show. Only 6K. We just saw Austin Eckler have a really big game against the Browns. I think he'll be really popular, maybe the most popular running back on the slate. So I really do like Stevenson, and I also like Jacoby Myers there, 5,300. Yeah. Uh, as the pass-catching option. Not sure if Mac Jones is going to be back or if it's going to be Bailey Zappi again. But even if it is Zappi, you know, he he caught, you know, Myers had a big game under him uh, last week. So Jacoby Myers, Ramon J. Stevenson are two from the Patriots side and really from this game uh, that I'll consider playing this week. Uh, who who did you say you thought the quarterback was going to be? Either Mac Jones it or Bailey Zappi. It doesn't matter who the quarterback's <laughs> going to be. It doesn't matter. Jacoby Myers is going to get his. <laughs> All right, Rob. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jacoby Myers, one of those really uh, undrafted, po- unpopular guys going into redrafts this year, or even on the uh, DraftKings slate, you talk about Nick Chubb never getting put in there at running back. Jacoby Myers is the same way, and when he's fully healthy, that guy's seeing a lot of the targets for New England. They don't have a lot of choices offensively, and I really, I, I really, really like how the injuries have kind of forced the hand of the New England Patriots to funnel right. things to Stevenson and now Jacoby Myers. I like that. And Devontae Parker, boy, if, if, if players got 
rewarded fantasy-wise for the pass interference calls they got, Devontae Parker would be the man. He would be the man. (laughs) He draws a bunch. He draws a bunch of them. You're right there. Yeah, and not going to even Najoku doesn't isn't appealing for you. Four thousand, a little bit above his skis there. Maybe he's been. No, I mean, I feel the Patriots defense is starting to to come along a bit. So I'm not sure that's the case. But you look at the Lions; they okay, they're like the highest scoring offense in the NFL, and they got shut out. They had Amon Ra back. You know, they, they they still had Hawkinson. They had players on the field. New England shut them out. I know they're on the road, uh, but I think I'll just avoid the Browns this week personally. Okay, Bob, Bob Lung's going to have a field day with T.J. Hawkinson next year for the consistency <laughs> rankings because T.J. is going to be up there, top top eight uh, tight ends by the year end, and he'll, he'll only have one good week. That's uh, all it is. The New York Jets at the Green Bay Packers is our second game here, and this game is a 45-and-a-half point total, Pierre. I'm kind of <laughs> curious as to who you like better at quarterback because I know Aaron Rodgers is there at 6,100. Zach Wilson is kind of getting the job done at 5,300. So let me ask you just this. Who would you rather play at quarterback this week uh, between those two? Oh, it's still Rodgers. Um, okay. I do worry that they may actually run the ball this week. Um, caught a little flack there uh, out in – out in London uh, with the way that they were kind of airing the ball out, didn't really get Dylan or Aaron Jones involved. So I expect that to be the case. Um, But they have a 26 and a half point total, which is really healthy. One of the higher team totals uh, on the slate itself. Um, I know Rogers hasn't quite been, you know, getting to that three times that we need, but he's still got the talent and upside. He's starting to build rapport uh, with some of those pass catchers. So I still would take Rogers over Zach Wilson. Uh, but I do worry a bit that they'll be a little bit more run heavy this week. Underrated secondary the Green Bay Packers has. So that's that's always mm-hmm. one of those concerning for me whenever I'm going up against them. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, if you do like him better, are you going to stack him up with anybody here out of the wide receiving core? I know you're saying that they may run the ball a little bit more, so it doesn't sound like you're very comfortable with that or even running it back with somebody. It doesn't seem like Romeo Dobbs is the guy there, or is it just Aaron Rodgers? going to pick and choose whoever he wants to he doesn't care about our fantasy concerns (laughs) he does not he's really just spreading the ball around Uh, if you are you still would probably want to go Romeo Dubs just because I mean he's seen five eight and eight targets Uh, you expect that to continue you look at Green Bay they just play better at Lambeau like you can look at their their history even their defense shows up better at Lambeau so you can pair him up with Dobbs you got Lazard still uh, he saw eight targets back-to-back weeks. He's he's getting in the end zone. So, you know, back in the Devontae Adams days, he would always be the one that kind of vultures, you know, from the, the five in, inside the five-yard line. It'd always mm-hmm. go to Adams instead of running the ball. You're starting to see that a bit with Zart now, too. So uh, you can play on either of those. I wouldn't probably play Cobb at all. Uh, he had his big game in London. I don't think that's going to happen again uh, with 13 targets. So, wouldn't go that route. You can't play him with his running backs as well. So I know Dylan hadn't really seen the targets the last couple of weeks, but he's able to catch the ball and he'll be more involved. Aaron Jones can catch the ball. So uh, you, you don't want to exclude the, the running backs in this offense if you do pair it up with Rodgers. And I still like Bobby Tunyon as well at, at 3,600, uh, getting solid target action himself. So uh, you can. It's just kind of a crapshoot on who Rodgers is going to throw the ball to. 
I got you. And I like all the, the, the wide receivers. And I know the secondary is a little bit underrated, but the second, mm-hmm. but all the wide receivers for the Jets, all their prices kind of went down this week a mm-hmm. little bit just because they had a blowout last week against the Miami Dolphins. So that makes some of those uh, names a little bit more appealing to me, especially a Wilson. Uh, mm-hmm. just, he, he's, he's really stood out to me among all of them. Corey Davis, they're, they're all spread out. They're all spread out. They're all spread out and even, but I just yeah. like Wilson a little bit better. Yeah, I prefer Garrett Wilson to um, first-round draft capital. Obviously, use a, uh, a first-round pick on him early on. Elijah Moore, who many thought was going to be the guy, you know, has only saw four and four targets the last couple weeks. So it would be Wilson then Davis for me uh, when it comes to their pass catchers. Probably not going to play Conklin. Uh, he had a pretty good go at it with Flacco uh, uh-huh. <laughs> under center, but he he de- hasn't shown that connection yet uh, with Zach Wilson. So just probably Garrett Wilson or Davis for myself, and then Brees Hall. Um, in the backfield, he yeah. seems to be getting further and further away uh, from Michael Carter when it comes to, you know, snaps and touches. Uh, so you can play him. He is involved in the passing game as well. Only came up $400 after his big game against the Dolphins. So he is in play also uh, against the Packers defense. So we just saw Saquon had a pretty good game against in London. Yeah, I don't know if they trust Carter a little bit more down there in the red zone or inside the five, or if Brees Hall just doesn't time it right. You know, usually you see those big, those the good running backs come out somewhere with in between the thirty-five and thirty-yard line, and then they come back in whenever they're down there near the ten. They're like, okay, now I got, I'm, I'm winded, I'm okay now. I caught my breath, I'm ready to go. Hey, Jacksonville versus your Indianapolis Colts, Pierre. Your Indianapolis Colts. What, what a victory last week, <laughs> Thursday night game. <laughs> that was so ugly. Oh, that was so ugly. But I mean, if it was going to be on the ugly end, I'm glad that we came out at least with the, the victory. Yeah, I I don't blame you there. This point total is 42 points. I'm sure you have got some kind of history here between Jacksonville and Indiana. And you're going to tell me somebody's always plays better at home against Indiana. Jacksonville always gets my heart. I know how you are because you got that Indianapolis Colt. Uh, history book just wide open for me. I'm, I'm not. It's hard for me to trust Trevor Lawrence against Indianapolis at all. I'd rather play Matt Ryan just because he's throwing the ball a hundred times a game right now, Pierre, and a lot of opportunity gives you potentially <laughs> an opportunity for big <laughs> results from the quarterback. But then it's Matt Ryan, and you're like, okay, dude, can't even. I don't even know he knows how to which direction to throw the ball sometimes because he's fumbling it backwards, he's passing it sideways, he's throwing. I don't even know what to do with Indianapolis. <laughs> So I, I think Matt Ryan's still good. Uh, okay. I'll put that on the record. Uh, our offensive line stinks, though, and that's really the main issue. We can't protect for anything, and it has really sped up Matt Ryan, who's a guy that's you know not mobile. He's a, a pocket passer. Um, so once he gets happy feet, you know he's he struggled with that. Um, we started to see a little bit um, better protection uh, in the second half of that Broncos game. Uh, we got a bench Matt Pryor. Uh, we've moved him from left tackle to right tackle. Um, he's awful. Um, I hate to say that, but he's just not good. So I know we signed. Uh, I can't think of who it was. We signed a, a tackle today to the practice squad that will likely get caught up. But I expect our offensive line to get better. If so, it's going to give Matt Ryan some time uh, to find guys like Michael Pittman Jr., uh, who I think is always in play, to find out Pierce, who I told people a couple weeks ago was going to start to ascend, and you're starting to see that happen himself. Uh, now that he's had a few weeks under his belt. So I do like Pierce at 4,300. Watch the running back situation. Obviously, if Jonathan Taylor's back, you can play him at any point. Uh, he's actually down to 8K, which is a pretty good salary for him. Um, if he doesn't play, it's going to get unique because Naeem Hines got a concussion in like the first series 
against the Broncos. So he may not be clear. And if he's not, then that's going to put Deion Jackson um, in play at 5,200. But I really don't like playing Coats against Jacksonville. Um, our history against them isn't great. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's like Josh Allen when he's playing the Coats. So just got to keep that in mind. Uh, obviously not Josh Allen production, but I do think he's going to be in play. It's a dome game, so it's indoors. Uh, so I don't mind Lawrence and, and Kirk uh, would be the the pairing there. Probably won't touch any of the running backs. The Coats are really good against the run this year. I think mm-hmm. they're second or third DVOA um, against the run, so I wouldn't touch any of the, the Jacksonville backs there. Uh, Evan Ingram, we do struggle against tight ends, so he would be in play as well. So if you're going to go Lawrence, uh, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram would probably be the two I stack him up with. Yeah, I was going to mention Evan Ingram. A lot of targets, a lot of fantasy points last week. Might be one of those things where he's catching on to that offensive scheme just a little bit there in Jacksonville. And and ETN, I know you you said that, but if they're going to be in a you know coming from behind a little bit, it seems like that's when he's getting a lot more run in the backfield at five K. That explosive <laughs> Don't nature bring that up because James Robinson crushed me last week. He was a player that just okay. did my lineup dirty. Um, he was right around the price of Gabe Davis, who I, I actually took out like last minute. And that first play with Buffalo was like a 98-yard touchdown. My wife just looked at me because she knew I took out Gabe Davis, and it was painful. It was so painful to, to see that whole thing develop. So I'm not I'm not big on the Jacksonville backfield last right now just because of how James Robinson and Etienne treated me last week. Well, let's change the subject then. Minnesota yes. at Minnesota at Miami. Uh, uh, waters are being very troubled there from Teddy Bridgewater's in Miami right now. I don't know what's going to go on with the quarterback situation. I haven't heard any latest updates or anything like that. I've, I've chose to ignore that just simply because of what Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> did to me in the first quarter that what happened to him actually in the first quarter last week. So this game total is at 45 Pierre and Kirk Cousins looked really, really good last week. And I could see him looking good again this week against Miami. He was like 17 for 17 at some point. It just took him a little bit. He said it took him a little bit to be able to start understanding the offense a little bit better if this offense starts clicking man you know, we, we got to get out ahead of this thing and we got to start piling up uh the the kirk cousins to jordan jefferson to jordan jefferson to jefferson <laughs> to jefferson before it gets way out of hand yeah he looked really good 17 for 17 was impressive so that's just who who'd they play who they play last week I don't. I don't know. I, I can't remember. remember. Uh, I, don't know. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was a team you used to familiar with. But yeah, uh, he looked pretty good. Uh, he's not in prime time, which is obviously going to help Cousins as well. He seems to struggle when the the prime time spotlights on. But he's definitely in play. Miami's defense kind of injured. You know, Xavier Howard may miss the game again. He's one of their top cornerbacks. So if he's out, that's just going to open up things for for Jefferson again as well. Uh, you do have Thielen. Interesting with Cook, he's starting to lose touches to to Alexander Madison over the last few weeks. Um, those snaps are getting closer and closer to each other. Uh, so maybe just pay attention to that and, and not roll out with, with Dalvin Cook. Um, or you can play him because folks might be off of him because that snap count is getting closer. And we just saw what Brees Hall did to this Miami um, offense. So look at Cook, maybe even look at Madison there. But I do like Cousins this week. Good price, uh, has a pretty small target tree when it comes to Jefferson and Thielen, so don't mind that. The other side, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, something's going to depend on his Bridgewater plays, of course. If he doesn't, I'm not really playing anyone uh, with Skylar Thompson there. If Bridgewater's in, you can look at the the usual suspects, uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, even though he's questionable, he's 7,500, so he went down 500 dollars. 
uh, after that matchup. Jalen Waddle, 6,200. Really good price for him. Again, with Bridgewater, wouldn't do it with the third-string guy. And then Raheem Mostert seems to have taken over the, the backfield here in Miami uh, from Chase Edmonds. Makes sense as he was in San Francisco with McDaniel. So that kind of plays a part of that as well. So I don't mind Mostert there at 5,700 if you're going to play a running back in Miami. Yeah, it, it may not be long before we see uh, Jefferson at that 10K range, Pierre. I mean, it all, the, the amount of targets that he gets per game, he's getting the 13 target share uh, or target share, 13 targets per game each and every week. That That's going to put him in elite status here pretty soon, especially if they can convert as often as they were doing last week. And and look, I, this one this one might be a sneaky shootout. If Teddy Bridgewater does end up playing, Tyreek Hill saying he's feeling fine, this one could really turn into a big shootout. It could. It reminds me of that that Miami game against the Ravens that that kind of shot out there like week two or three. That same situation, obviously no two. Uh, so that'd be a little bit of hiccup. But if Bridgewater's there, it could definitely shoot out. As for 10K, not sure that's going to happen. Cooper Cup hasn't got the 10K. So if Cooper Cup didn't get the 10K, I can't see Jefferson get the 10K because no one can stop Cooper Cup still. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying it, it's on the radar for me. Those those weird things that have been on the radar for me have come to fruition a little it's bit. True. Cincinnati at New Orleans, setting that Tyree, uh, Taysom Hill take off all over again. Uh, this totals at 43 and a half. Cincinnati Bengals have been a real disappointing team. Higgins, T, T. Higgins totally disappointed me last week. Uh, uh, and yeah, and yeah. he's supposed to play questionable, going to play uh, nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Out of this quarterback room, though, for this game, Pierre, Joe Burrow's at 6,700. That seems to be right where he needs to be. But going against this New Orleans Saint defense that we saw get chewed up a little bit last week against Seattle, Geno Smith made him look very pedestrian. I think Joe Burrow could possibly do the same, but man, he seems to be running for his life out there. Yeah, that's the issue is he's running for his life. Uh, they don't have the protection that even Seattle gave Geno. So that's my concern just with, with Cincinnati as a whole. Many have talked about the whole Super Bowl hangover, but you know, part of the issue with the Super Bowl was that they couldn't keep him upright. They couldn't protect him. They went out and invested, you know, in the offensive line. And they still can't protect him. So that's an issue, uh, even more so if Higgins does miss. That's one less, you know, pass catcher that he has can help the defense like a Lattimore turn their attention to Chase. So I'm not sure I'm going to be on Burrow or the Bengals this week. Okay. Um, I do like the Saints, you know, even so. I know they didn't look great against the the Seahawks, but. If they if they can't block, you know, they do have some some pass rushers that can get to Burrow, put some pressure on there. On the Saints side of the ball, uh, Kamara is always going to be in play for me. Uh, he's just that talented. Only went up $100. Uh, Bengals defense, you know, it's pretty good against the run, so keep that in mind. But I'm not expecting a, a Taysom Hill 100-yard rushing uh, three-touchdown game again this week. Uh, pay attention, obviously, to the quarterback situation because – Taysom may not be as involved if, if Jameis is back and he gets cleared. Um, if it's Dalton, you will see Taysom mixed in a little bit more, I feel. But this is probably a game I won't touch too much. Uh, maybe the defenses, uh, if necessary, at 2,800 with the Saints and then 3,100 for the Bengals. Uh, but I probably won't have too much of the, the offenses here. 
Yeah, it's, there's not a lot. Chase is just really concerning me right now. It's eight dots down this year, all that stuff. You know, it's just not looking the same as he was last year, and I, that's probably due to the fact that that offensive line's not protecting him as well. Joe Mixon's too. His his yards per carry is way down. He has the potential to always explode a play according to how many people are in the box, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. whenever you look at the deep analytics. And Joe Mixon just isn't being able to take advantage of that. I know they can't put Joe Mixon on the shelf, but man, so Margie P. Ryan seems to be really exploding out there each week as the Sunday goes on. If I can pick up some Margie P. Ryan and stash him in my bench spot, you know, <laughs> uh, for somebody who I'm going to drop the next week anyway, just in case Joe Mixon ends up getting hurt or shelved or something, I always do that each week. Well, it's kind of similar for me. It's it's similar to the Indianapolis situation. So you look at the coach, they they can't block right now either. So Matt Ryan struggling. Pittman, you know, isn't having the the games that many expect him to have. Uh, Taylor, you know, he's he's got a good game against the Texans, but he really hasn't done anything either. So blocking plays a part of that. And you mentioned P. Ryan. Yes, he he looks good when he's in, but the attention isn't on a P. Ryan as it is on Mixon when he's in the backfield. Kind of similar to like a Naheem Hines. He's not going to have the attention uh, that someone like Jonathan Taylor has back there. So just keep that in mind when it comes to who the defenses are kind of honing in on in an offense. Okay. All right. Uh, next game is at Baltimore at the Giants. I think they're back in the United States at this point. And <laughs> Lamar Jackson is at 8,100. I, I know the Giants defense will have a big red eight by it, but I mm-hmm. I still want to play Lamar Jackson. He he has got to take this whole scenario over. You know what I mean? Like this, th- he's got to play a little bit better. I'm more concerned about the wide receiver room. If Rashad Bateman's not in there, De- Devernay, he's at 4,700. He was doing everything out there. Pierre, I, I want to play Lamar Jackson, but if I do it, it feels like I got to do it naked because there's too much attention on Mark Andrews each week. Yeah, you can still go to Andrews. Okay. So. I mean, you look at last week, even or with the, the Bengals game, he got 10 targets, 8 for 89 and a touchdown, 22.9 at 7K. That's hitting three times the, the value. And he's really the only guy you want uh, with Lamar, even more so with Bateman out. I know DuVernay's had some some high touchdown equity. Uh, I don't expect that to continue, uh, even if he is getting more targets. So it's either, it's either Andrews or, or nothing. But I think if you do play Lamar, you want to have the the upside, and the upside will be if he's doing it both on the ground and through the air. And if it's going through the air, it's with Andrews. So I do like Lamar, and I like him with Mark Andrews if I'm playing. Oh, okay. Uh, Saquon Barkley is the stud out of all these running backs, if you ask me. And I don't understand how he's still only at 7,700. Then you click over his DraftKings stuff, and he's he's barely averaging you know about 20 DraftKings points per week. So it kind of seems about right. But, man, yeah. it, se- it sure feels like it's more than that. Well, he's so involved, like he's involved so much in their offense. But even being involved, he he's not really getting the the touchdown equity that you you want at that price range. Like you're you're hoping for a hundred yards and you know a touchdown or two. Whereas he's only gotten a hundred yards once so far this season. That was against the the Bears. Sorry to bring that up there, but he didn't get in the end zone, so that was only you know twenty one points. Uh, so touchdowns need to happen with the 100-yard bonus. If that's not happening, he's kind of in that range okay. uh, right now, 7K to 8K, or you need 21 to 24. Uh, he's kind of right around that, you know, 20-point mark, as you stated, for the season. 
Okay. I, I like the, some of the cheaper wide receiver options for the Giants because, the, you know, you can find the healthy one anyway. It seems like Slayton is the guy to go to, and I don't, I, you know, I'm not that worried about the Baltimore Ravens secondary. I think it's a secondary that we could pick on. And I know it's hard to find anyone, but at 3,800, he seems like a pretty good value play. He had 13, 14 DraftKings points last week. Am I am I crazy for thinking? I you're you you're gonna say I am. I know, but <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mind Slayton. Like he's okay. always had a connection with Daniel Jones. Um, I actually I can't remember who I was tweeting with, but I was tweeting with another analyst, and we were talking about Slayton. I'm like, why is he not on the field? You're like, oh, because he's terrible. I'm like, well, fair enough. I thought it was decent enough. They're saying right. no, and it looked like he's decent. He's still decent from what I could tell. That last game, uh, seven targets, six catches for for 79. Uh, he saw 54% of the snaps, uh, which was second to Marcus Johnson uh, for the team there. So he's on the field. That's definitely a situation you got to continue to monitor in case uh, a Wandell Robinson or, you know, Galladay, one of those guys get back, Tony, if they decide to to get healthy and play, you know, uh-huh. that could bump Slayton out again. But <laughs> until that happens, and yeah, Slayton's for sure in play. Yeah, but just by we wear if you're doing it in a redraft league or something, just just remember uh, the New York Giant wide receivers are like dinosaurs, man. They're endangered species. They're, there's always <laughs> it's always something, always something. I don't care what it is and who it is. Hey, Pierre, we got the next game here. Uh, Bellinger, you, you, you goo goo and gaga about Bellinger? Nah, no okay. thanks. <laughs> he just didn't have the volume that's there. It, this whole offense seems a little bit anemic, and you tune in to watch Saquon Barkley, and at the end of the day, you look up and it's like. Uh, 17 points. That's all they got. 17 points you know, at the most. And they hang around. That's basically what they do. They hang around and win the game. They're 4-1, so this is a pretty big game for them. Yeah. Tampa Bay at uh, Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh. 43.5 point total. This looks like another situation where you want to pick on the Tampa Bay defense more than anything else out of this game, except for, of course, Tom Brady, who seems to be slinging it around 40-something times per game. I don't know what the exact number was last week here. Let me let me look at this. 52 attempts last week. 52 yeah. attempts against Kansas. He's, he's, so he's throwing the ball a lot, a lot. So the mm-hmm. value there at 6,300 presents itself each and every week whenever you're passing the ball that much, Pierre, with that much effectiveness. It's not a Matt Ryan passing the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like Brady again. He only came up $300. So he even didn't really hit his ceiling. So – Fournette kind of vultured uh, a few of the, the touchdowns. I think he uh-huh. even caught the one that he threw. Um, Mike Evans got ruled down, you know, at the one one play where I thought he was in. But, you know, 22.74, that's almost four times the value at a, a 6K price range. So if he's right around that point again, uh, you can definitely play Brady. More folks may be off of him as well. So he was pretty popular last week, um, and folks kind of went to Josh Allen to be different. It could be the opposite this week where, you know, folks are on Josh Allen because obviously the the matchup that we have coming up here um, in a few minutes, but also the the big game that he just had against these same Steelers. So right. Brady could do the same uh, if more of those touchdowns are on his end versus Fournette's end, then you could see a 30 plus game for from Brady at 6300, which would be great. Um, I do like Brady. I do like his pass catchers and, and Godwin Evans. Fournette, uh, Kate Otten, if uh, Brady's out again, all of them um, are in play against this Steelers defense. That is not the Steelers defense of no. old. No, and and if you don't think that Tom Brady has an eye on what Josh Allen did last week, 
who, you know, Josh Allen really may be taking the mantle away from Tom Brady at this point. If he, if, if Tom Brady still has the trophy on his mantle, you know what I mean? Uh, but Tom Brady looks at stuff like that. It's like, okay, I got I got to outperform Josh Allen in this one, which I don't know that he can necessarily do. He's going to play his own game for me, the wide receiving room over there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you like anybody with that one? Deontay Johnson still getting a ton of targets, just can't get anything done. But the Tampa Bay defense, the secondary part, they're going to stop you from running. So it's going to force teams to pass, especially mm-hmm. with this terrible defense that the Steelers have. So I, I'm, I may be looking at like a little George Pickens or something like that this week, not necessarily a Deontay Johnson who never seems to be able to find the end zone. But a George Pickens has that potential for a big play, you know? Yeah, it'd be one of them. It'd be Deontay Johnson or or Pickens. So even with Deontay, he saw 13 targets in that Buffalo game when they were trailing pretty big throughout the whole game. You can probably see that same game script play uh, take place here against the Bucks. The the one bright side are at home, and teams just seem to play better at home. So they may be able to keep it a little closer, at least for a little bit, uh, with the Bucks. Um, then eight and eight targets for for Pickens. Obviously, Pickett is the the quarterback now, so Pickett the Pickens. Uh, it's going to be the the catchphrase there. Um, then Fryer move. Uh, pay attention to him. He missed with the concussion, but the the Buccaneers have struggled against tight end all season. So if if Fryer moves able to get back in the, in the fold there, I don't mind him at, at thirty eight hundred also. I know it's bye weeks and we talk a little bit of redraft, you know, and and waiver wire pickups and stuff like that here on a Tuesday afternoon as well. Najee Harris is not getting it done, not getting it done. I think uh, Jalen Warren is starting to take the third down snaps as well over there, which they're going to have plenty of uh, in in Pittsburgh. And they're going to be playing from behind the third down snaps, of course, always translate into a receiving back. And and Jalen Warren's one of those guys, and I know it's bye week, so you're not able to stash people as much. But he's one of those guys, too, that I'm looking at, like a Samaj P. Ryan kind of guy that I'm just waiting for. I'm waiting at the end of the season who will hopefully be able to pay off for me. Yeah, you don't know how that's going to play out. I know uh, Mike Tomlin came out and said he will be more involved, so it wasn't just the, the blowout. And it's not too shocking because, I mean, at the beginning of the year, there's reports. I think like plantar fasciitis or something going on with Najee Harris' foot, you mm-hmm. know, right before the season started. So clearly that was truth. Um, and if they do get behind, you know, he, he's not necessarily known to be even a, a pass-catching back, nor do you want him to to break down on that foot if the, the game's out of hand. So – Jalen Warren can definitely be someone to stash. Not sure I'm playing this week against the, the Bucks in their front seven, but definitely from a redraft standpoint, someone to, to take interest in. San Francisco at Atlanta, Pierre. This game totals at 44 points. Atlanta just traded one of their middle linebackers, who I, I like Jones, mm-hmm. I think was his name. And so they yeah. traded him. That's going to hurt that defense that is always one of those you know just annoying little defenses that seem to be able to play <laughs> up to their opponent. Uh, and, and down to their opponent as well as time. San Francisco will be on the road again this week. I think they were on the road last week as well. Uh, it's in a dome. It's in Atlanta. I love a Debo Samuel in this place. It's just a really weird backfield. You want to be able to play Jeffrey Wilson Jr., but Tevin Coleman's getting all the goal line. Look, what, are, what are we doing here? <laughs> I do like the probably the Niners side only. I don't really like okay. anyone on the, the Falcons side. That could change a bit if, if Nick Bosa misses, but I think they can still play, you know, Jeff Wilson. I know Tevin Coleman, you know, came in, got some of the touches, but and Jeff Wilson was just fine. Saw 17 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown, a couple targets. He's going to get his action. I like Kittle this week. Um, he's finally starting to see some some more things besides blocking. Uh, saw six targets himself. 
Yeah. Uh, and a really good matchup uh, against the Falcons, who really struggle against tight ends. Uh, Debo Samuel, he's in play every week. Decent price at, at 7600 to get different. So I do like the, the 49ers offense this week. Uh, Shanahan has some ties uh, to the Falcons as well, so he can be motivated. You know, when you think about that Super Bowl and kind of how mm-hmm. that ended there. So um, definitely give me a lot of the 49ers if, if you can fit them in this week. I wish Juszczyk could be priced like a like a defense because <laughs> I want to play him sometimes. He's always one of those guys who could get, but I can never play him at 4K. I just I wish he was at 2200 or 2300. You know, somewhere in that. And even at that tight end range. Yeah, I just it's good. All right, so that's that's it. We're not even doing a Mariota thing anymore. As that ship has sailed. So not we're against all the done. 49ers, no. And even like with Pitts hurt, the running backs yeah. are hurt. It's just not a good offense right now. There's just nobody there. All right, the Carolina at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams really look lost. Carolina is lost. I don't don't know what we can do with this game other than Cooper Cup. This looks like a perfect rebound game, though, for Los Angeles. You know what I mean? This point totals 40 and a half, and I really think that everybody's going to be off of Los Angeles, and to me, this is one of those get-right games. I know it's the going to be Matt rules fired and everything, but now they got to go on the road to Los Angeles. Just tons of noise, tons of talking, tons of stuff. And the Los Angeles Rams have got to get it right at some point. This, this to me screams get right game for me for Los Angeles. It could be, but they, they kind of have the same struggles as the, the Colts and the Bengals where they, they can't keep Stafford upright. Um, and I think that's the the biggest issue. So you had Andrew Whitford, Whitford for tire, you know, one of their tackles yeah. after winning the Super Bowl. Uh, it's hard to replace, even though he was a veteran. He he knew the game, he, he knew the coverage, so it's hard to replace that type of guy. And they're definitely struggling. Um, as you stated, Cooper Cup, he's still no matter what, he's he's unstoppable. It seems, uh, you know it's coming, you can't stop it. So he's gonna be, you know, just fine. Ninety-seven hundred. You look at you look at Carolina's defense. Uh, I think they're in play. So last week the the Cowboys defense was grading out really really well. And I got off of them for Buffalo just because they were only 2,500 and it seemed like everybody was going to play them, which I did earlier with the Bengals against the Cowboys when, when Dak was out and it didn't work out. So it, it may be changing my strategy this week. And of course the Cowboys just exploded uh, top defense as they were projecting to be. Well, guess who's right up the top of the projections this week? It's the hmm. Carolina Panthers um, against this same Rams defense. So I don't know if it'll be the the same, obviously the, the, the the Panthers don't have the the pressure of like Micah Parsons right, right. And, and Lawrence like the Cowboys, but still 2400 cheapest defense on the slate. You gotta expect them to, to get some pressure, get some stacks on Stafford because that's just what the Rams are doing. Uh, Steve Wilkes, who was promoted as the interim head coach, is a defensive coach, um, so you could see them you know put some pressure uh, on Stafford as well. And again, at 2400, you don't need much from them to to kind of pay off that salary. So. I do like Carolina's defense, even though I, I don't mind obviously playing a cup, uh, playing a Stafford. They need to get the run game going. Um, I think the loss of play actions really, really hampered uh, McVay's offense with, yeah. with Akers and Henderson. So if they don't get the run game going, it could be a struggle. But I kind of like Carolina's defense. Okay. I do still like Cup, Higby, um, and those guys that go with Stafford as well. Yeah, the, the I remember. I'm old enough to remember. Uh, when the the Rams were a run first team, I'm old enough to remember that, Pierre. Steven and, Jackson, the predator. Boy, I mean, come on, it's just, and and you get Henderson and Akers, they're just they're just high fiving each other. I think they're bringing the plays in from the sidelines. They come in and out of the game so much. There's no continuity to that. Hey, I got to put the name out there, Tutu Atwal. 
uh, Atwell, Atwell, he's at 3K, mm-hmm. and he had a couple of deep shots. They're looking to stretch that field a little bit more, yeah. which I think will help them out as well. So if I'm looking at a sleeper wide receiver and I want to try to put somebody in there, he only had six DraftKings points. He hasn't made a big splash, but they're looking at him downfield, and I think that, 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 that is in the back of their minds to get him a couple of looks downfield at some point. So I'm just mentioning Tutu Atwell if mm-hmm. the 3K range is somewhere where you like to hang out for a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely the definition of boomer bust because if he doesn't get that big play, then he's probably yeah. going to bust. But they're, they're needing him to stretch the field, kind of like they use the, the Sean Jackson, Van Jefferson some. They need that type of player to open things up. So I can see him definitely seeing the field a little bit more. Yeah, Higby's maxed out there at 4,600. That looks like a, the top of the ladder for him. Uh, he's finally been priced appropriately. And I, we don't want to mess around with target him. still. It's going to climb. Yeah. I guarantee it. He's seeing double-digit targets. It's basically him and Cup. Uh, they're either going to Cup or they're going underneath the Higby. So if he, again, 10, 14, uh, 9, 11, if he's seeing that target share, his price is going to continue to climb. Arizona at Seattle, a 51-point game, Pierre. <laughs> it's the one Ooh. on the. It's one of the ones on the slate. There's another one on the slate, but that's a 51-point game. Basically, it's all Geno Smith or nothing right here. What a fun team <laughs> Seattle has turned out to be. I hate the Rashad Penny news from last week uh, and all, but yeah. but man, still a fun little team that we have going on here in Seattle. Just uh, it's kind of fun to watch Geno Smith out there doing Geno Smith things. This one right here, Pierre, with both of these terrible defenses. Looks like the biggest shootout of the week to me, um, yeah. where it could really go back and forth, kind of like how Seattle was in the Detroit game last a uh, couple of weeks ago anyway. Yeah, um, this this is one of those slates where if you're, if you're winning at 1 o'clock, that means nothing okay. because <laughs> so much exposure. So much exposure is going to be, uh, I think, in these two 4 o'clock games. And as you mentioned, the one that we've yet to talk about is probably going to be the most popular um, so a way to get different is to to target this game. And as you mentioned, Geo, Geno Smith looked great. Um, Pete Carroll maybe has owed an apology for the whole Russell Wilson situation because you look at Russ, and I know they're they're blaming the shoulder stuff, but he's struggling um, in Denver, and Geno's you know looking really well, uh, even if it's not in the win column for the Seahawks. And he is in play, uh, fifty seven hundred. Uh, he he pops up pretty much in projections, and I mean you look at the last three weeks. 22.9, 34.7, 24. You're going to take that. He only needs roughly, you know, 15 to 18 to, to hit his three times the salary. He's going four plus um, back at home. Easy, easy route uh, tree to, to target with Metcalf and Lockett. You know, yeah. you want those two involved. Uh, if you want a potential, you know, luck touchdown, you can go to, to Disley as well. But you definitely want to go to, to Lockett and, and Metcalf with him. And then the, the running back situation, as you mentioned, uh, Rashad Penny, terrible to hear about the the fractured tibia uh, or fibula. Maybe it was, it was one of the fractured legs, just so yes. you know. Um, so Kenneth Walker, rookie out of Michigan State, uh, is going to step into the fold. Had a really big breakaway um, in that game against New Orleans. Uh, down at 5,400. I think he's going to be popular because folks are familiar with him uh, at Michigan State, knowing he's a, an early draft pick. So it could be, again, the week to, to go back to Geno and avoid uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, because the the Cardinals are a little worse uh, through the air than they are on the ground. Yeah, and I as far as the running backs go for Arizona, I'm not sure that I trust anything because I don't 
James Conner is a gamer, so he's going to go back in there and he's going to steal some things from Eno Benjamin if people are out there after him. It just seems like that's the kind of situation it is where James Conner is going to be able to fi- find a way to be able to suit up on Sunday and then vulture those touchdowns. I'm not real big on Eno Benjamin this week, even though he'll be a popular name out there. That, that's going to be the the biggest information of the week, I feel. Um, okay. It's going to be this Arizona backfield. If James Conner misses, the the next two guys are 4K and 4,600 against the Seahawks defense that gave up 30 fancy points to Kamara, mm-hmm. gave up 100 <laughs> yards and, and three touchdowns to Taysom Hill, gave it up to Jamal Williams. Like, they've just struggled uh, against the run. So you really would like to have a part of this Arizona backfield. And I'm leaning that Connor's going to miss. Um, I say that because they worked out Corey Clement, um, who's okay. a running back uh, today. So working out another running back doesn't bode well for that running back room. Uh, again, Connor left early. Darrell Williams left early. So it could be the Eno Benjamin show. If that's the case, at 4,600, he's going to be a lock across all lineups for pretty much the majority of the DFS population. Okay. I'm not I'm not worried about James Conner missing unless a window smallwood is getting an opportunity. <laughs> uh, I like hey, Arizona too. Um yeah, Kyler Murray, seventy three hundred. You got Hollywood Brown who's getting ten plus targets a game. Rondell Moore. Uh, Zach Ertz, really big fan of him. So I really like the Arizona side of the ball. As you mentioned, this could be the the shootout um instead of the the next game that we're gonna be discussing. I do think so. In Buffalo and Kansas City, everybody's going to want to play this one uh, for sure. This is a fun game. 54-point total right here. This is this is the revenge game. This is the narrative. It's all that stuff. It's going to be fun to watch. My daughter's squealing. You know, my, my high school daughter is like, I, it's time to get even with them Buffalo Bills. We beat them last year, but they almost beat us. She's I'm like going, who is this young lady? I don't even know who it is. Uh, but but Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes seem reasonably priced at 82 and 8, 8K. I, I think that they could both go over three times their value, Pierre. Uh, mm-hmm. Crazy that Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns, I think, last night. He could not let Taysom Hill have one run in the sun as a tight end. Uh, he, he said, no, I'm the best tight end there is. No, Taysom Hill. Yeah. Did you so, see his retweet today, Travis Kelsey? No, no, I did not. I don't know if you're familiar with Mary with Children, but he uh, retweeted Ted Bundy, uh, poke high, four touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> that That's funny. a good one. That's a good one. Uh, out of these two quarterbacks, you can only play one. Which one are you looking to play, Pierre? Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? It's Josh Allen. It's okay. hands down. Josh Allen. Only 200 more. Um, he's got the rushing upside as well, um, which Mahomes can run, but he doesn't run uh, like Allen. And he he has that chip on his shoulder. You know, that game last year, that stung. That overtime loss, that stung. I wouldn't be shocked if Buffalo comes in and blows Kansas City out, if Woo! I'm being honest. So... I'm just – their defense is good. There's no Tyreek Hill um, to kind of take attention away from Kelsey. Uh, again, anything could happen. It's the NFL. But I could see Buffalo just coming in here and, and smacking Kansas City, similar to how they did Pittsburgh, if I'm being honest. Woo. And it's a two-and-a-half point – they're what, two-and-a-half point favorite? Is that right? Uh, Buffalo or no, underdog. They're underdogs. No, no, no. No, yeah. no yeah, Buffalo's favorite. Okay. It's, it, the book it's I have two-and-a-half. That, yeah, that that seems like uh, like you said, Kansas City, especially coming off a of Monday night there against the, the the Raiders, big emotional victory for an interdivisional rivalry. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. interesting. That's a that's an interesting one. If you're going to pair him up, who are you going to pair him up with? Because the two highest 
wide receivers in this game are Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. It's got to be Diggs, right? He's the he's the target machine. I like them both. Um, Diggs is definitely the target machine. The the one concern is that Kansas City has done a really good job against Diggs. Um, okay. Last couple of years, really. Um, you saw like last season, uh, five targets only had two for sixty nine, and that barn burner of an overtime game. He only had three for seven. So Kansas City seems to to do a good job with digs. Gabe Davis is probably going to be the most popular play because folks, for one, are going to remember last week, um, his three catches for 171 and two touchdowns, as well as the overtime game, eight catches, 201 yards, four touchdowns <laughs> against the Chiefs. So I think Gabe Davis is going to be more popular than Diggs. I'll probably wait and see if that's actually the case uh, later in the week once, you know, ownership, rostership comes out. Whoever is probably the lowest owned will be who I go with. Um, but I expect Gabe Davis, the salary saving, to probably be higher owned. So I'll probably end up on Diggs. But it could be the Gabe Davis show because the Chiefs have played so well against Diggs. Okay, Kelsey's always in play at seventy eight hundred. Has he passed his price point though? Or are you still, you know, that's before the four he, touchdown game. You know what I mean? It's it's close. It's close. Um, I like Buffalo's defense. That's the one thing that concerns me. Buffalo has a really good defense, and they don't have to worry about Tyreek Hill. And when you watch the Chiefs' offense, no one outside of Kelsey scares you. Um, Scantley doesn't scare you. Juju, they're not scary at all. So if they take away Kelsey, which they might be able to uh, with their secondary with Poyer and, you know, those guys out back, it could be it could be tough for Kelsey to get there again. Uh, even last night, yeah, that four touchdowns, he needed all of those because he only had seven catches for yeah. 25 yards outside of those four touchdowns. So I, I mean, he's Kelsey. If, if they're going to stay close, which you kind of hope it does, to have the shootout you want, you're going to probably need him to, to play well, so he is in play. Uh, yeah, I'm just worried if this game's going to stay close or not. Um, back to Buffalo real fast. Yeah. Uh, pay attention to the Isaiah McKenzie news. Sure. Um, he missed last week for a concussion, which opened up Khalil Shakur. Uh, he had three catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown himself. If McKenzie's out again, you can go back to Shakur. Uh, if McKenzie's in, I would take a look at McKenzie as well at 5K. And then I like Dawson Knox as well if he's back at 3,400. So I'm really on the Bills side this week. I don't like much on Kansas City outside of Mahomes, maybe Kelsey. So I'm hoping I'm right and the Bills just blow them out because I'm probably not going to have many Chiefs on the other side. No, as we sit here and, and think about it for the first time on a Tuesday afternoon here about these games that we're talking about, it really does feel like a Buffalo blowout because I do, you know, Kansas City hasn't impressed me all year long. Yes, their record looks really good, uh, but it just, it, they're, they're not the same Kansas City Chiefs team for whatever reason. I'd like to think that their offense is a little bit better uh, without Tyreek Hill, but I'm not sure that it is at this point. They haven't found, they haven't found their other guy and nobody respects any of those. Uh, it seems like the defense doesn't respect anybody else in that wide receiving core except for Travis Kelsey. And they're not scared of CEH or anything. They're not scared of that offense at all anymore. That's really it, – it's it's been fun. They it's been the interesting. Coach. They lost yeah. to the Colts. That, that's, <laughs> that's all you got to say. 
<laughs> hey, Pierre, as you start constructing one of these lineups for us, I'm going to remind everybody and ask everybody to go ahead and subscribe to um, to the podcast on whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on. Please hit those stars around. Leave a review if you can. That always helps out things. Uh, share the tweet as well. Don't forget to follow Pierre at PW31 over on Twitter. And you can also follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. You can follow me as well at Lofinit, uh on Twitter. And we've had some interesting conversations going as the tweet has been posted throughout the week. People have been asking us questions. We've had more and more questions coming in, start sit questions or even DFS questions. I don't know if I send all those to you or not, Pierre, through the DMs, but we've been getting a lot of responses like that, and that's been fun to see. I'm I'm going to say this week, Pierre, because I heard you and I heard your voice about who you're going to put in the quarterback. And I always like to kind of guess this before you say it. So I want to say this now publicly on air of who you're going to put in here. I heard your voice go up about Kirk Cousins, but I also heard it go up a lot about Josh Allen. Uh, I also heard it about like Geno Smith. I think those three are your favorites going into this week. I could be wrong on that. I, I think you're going to pick out Kirk Cousins. That's who I'm saying you're going to pick. <laughs> So I am on those three, uh, but no, I'm going Josh Allen. I'm okay. going on, I'm going with the big dog. You look at his just his game logs this year. He's got 30 plus in all but one game, and at that game he got 24 and a half, which I'd be perfectly fine with. Uh, so Josh Allen's going to be the quarterback. Okay, I'm pair all him right. up with Gabe Davis for right now uh, at 6500. Um, again, I could go the digs, but give me Allen, give me Davis. I'm not going to bring it back because I don't like Kansas City this week. I don't like their <laughs> their prices. I don't I don't think they're I don't think they're going to show up, but we'll see. Uh, I'm going to avoid them. Going to get a little chalky at running back. Give me Ramondre Stevenson, 6K uh, against the 27 Frank. The uh, Browns rushing defense should have that backfield to himself. I want a part of the Bucks uh, against the Steelers, as I saw what the Bills just did to them. So I'll go back to Godwin at 6100 to to get a part of that that Bucks offense. Um, I love this other game in the afternoon. So give me Eno Benjamin, uh, 4,600. I expect Connor to miss. I won't be surprised if Daryl Williams misses. Uh, I think it's just going to be too too great a value um, as the week rolls on for, for Eno Benjamin. At tight end, I'm going to go back to the Cardinals side of the ball and go Zach Ertz at 4,900. Uh, he's seeing basically 10 targets himself every week. It's pretty much him and Hollywood Brown uh, for, for Kyler right now until DeAndre Hopkins gets back. Give me Lockett on the other side of this game so I can get a part of Seattle. Uh, he's at 5,600. Didn't go up at all. Um, he's seeing the, the targets mostly from, from Geno Smith. Uh-huh. Going to punt at defense. Talked about it earlier. Going to go with the Panthers. <laughs> even though I expect the Rams to, to be better, they just can't protect. So even a couple okay. sacks uh, with the Panthers there at 2,400. Don't mind them. Leaves me about 5,600. I'm going to yeah. go to Green Bay. I'm going to go to A.J. Dillon. I think they're going to run the ball more after the the news came out publicly, you know, how they, they're not running the ball, how they didn't, you know, in that, that what third and two, fourth and two situations. Um, they're at Lambeau. So give me AJ Dillon here at 5,600 to, to kind of round things out. I'll put him at running back, put, you know, Benjamin at flex. That way you have flexibility uh, with that Cardinals offense. If some of those running backs do play. So that's Josh Allen, AJ Dillon, Ramondre Stevenson, Gabe Davis, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Zach Ertz, Eno Benjamin, Panthers defense. It's funny to sit there. You know, some people punt the defense, but you're punting the defense with an opportunity to score here and to see Mm -hmm. the Carolina Panthers defense against the Rams. Just just that makes me giggle. It makes me giggle there (laughs) uh, just on this on this 
fine Tuesday afternoon. Good job, Pierre. I like that lineup a lot. It gives you some interesting flexibility for that afternoon slate. It does. It does. And again, a lot of news. We're talking about this Tuesday night. Watch practice, see how things develop when guys are in and out, and then make your adjustments from there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Always watch it. We're looking at this on a Tuesday afternoon where we always do that on the DFS Streamer podcast, and we try to do a good job with it. But more importantly than that, as the week goes on, we always try to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.